Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Today's Thursday, September the 28th. How are you feeling today? You guys in a good mood? Oh, you must not have watched the Republican Party debate last night then. We're thankful to have you here as a viewer of the Wake Up America show. Don't forget to click like. And if you enjoy the content that you're watching today, make sure that you subscribe as well. Thank you very much to Rumble.com for putting us up front and center today. We always appreciate that. Rumble has stayed strong against cancel culture. A few weeks ago when YouTube demonetized our channel, they stood up and uh, took a chance and said, hey, let's put the Wake Up America show up there front and center so more people can learn about the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. So we're very grateful for them. Let's give a round of applause to Rumble.com. It's a great way to fight back against big tech. And it's also a good time to be investing in Rumble.com. Stock on sale, good time to buy some stock. All right, let's talk about the news. The Republican Party debate, cut mics, expensive curtains, Offensively stupid questions. The Republican Party debate pretty much, I think, fell flat, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the winner of the Republican debate, I have to say, was Donald Trump. From now on, it's going to be America first, okay? America first. I got to say, I think he probably made the right decision in skipping the presidential debate last night. It was a mess, utter chaos. But let's hear from Paul Kurtman about that today. He's a former Missouri state representative, and he served in the United States Marine Corps, served his country honorably and well. He'll be, he'll be joining us this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So about 30 minutes from now, we'll speak to former Missouri state representative Paul Kurtman about what he thinks about who won the Republican Party debate. My answer is that I think Donald Trump won the debate. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as well. You can always text, excuse me, the Wake Up America show at any time at 573-319-1586. Again, you can always text the Wake Up America show night or day at 573-319-1586. I check the text lines all day. Sometimes you guys give me actually really good ideas for the show or you want to have your voice heard. Or if there's breaking news that happens while the show is live for the next couple of hours, I can't always see it. So let me know if somebody crashes planes into towers while I'm doing the show, I may not see it. So I always want to stay up to date and you can help be a part of it by texting in at 573-319-1586. Camelia Peterson makes her regular Tuesday, Thursday appearance today being Thursday. She's joining us at eight o'clock this morning. She hosted a Republican presidential debate party last night. Let's hear what she has to say, since that means she was up late last night. Be nice to her. It means she's probably going to be a little sleepy this morning. But I wonder who she thinks won the Republican presidential debate last night. You'll be able to hear from Camelia at 8 o'clock. She's an activist with Americans for Prosperity, a good friend of the show. She's been with us in the beginning since before we had the, oh, I'm scared to check how many people we got watching. 714 people watching. Hell yes. Insight. Rebel 920 over at Rumble says, that's amazing. Trump won the debate without being there. Think what he will do when he wins in 2024. At 8.30 a.m. Central Time today, we're going to have Daniela Pensack. She joins us for her regular Thursday appearance, and she'll react to the Republican debate from last night. But also, she's going to talk about her latest conversion, her religious conversion to Catholicism. Apparently, in the last week, she's caused quite a stir online uh, by announcing very publicly that uh, after she was chastised, for her former religious convictions, uh, being a Calvinist, she has now decided to cave to the pressure of the crowds online and the bullying that she received 
and she has now converted fully to Catholicism. Um, you know, listen, if you, if you don't uh, force people to join your religion, why would they do so in the first place? So we'll hear from Daniela Pensack about her response to the debate and then why she decided after an online bullying campaign to go ahead and become a Catholic. So congratulations to Daniela. Your soul is now spared from hell. We'll talk to Daniela at 8.30 a.m. Central this, this morning, so about an hour and 25 minutes from now, we'll hear from her. And of course, we've got lots of debate clips. Why did Donald Trump win the presidential debate, in my opinion? Well, take a look and a listen to this. This is a, this is a good 11-second recap of the debate from last night. Here we go. Can we please respect the time? What was up with that? Hilarious, but also kind of weird. Uh, very odd, if you will. Uh, a Univision was one of the co-hosts of the debate, and some people were saying that it made no sense for them to be there because basically, uh, for non-Spanish speakers, for people who don't know, apparently Univision, the national network, is basically MSNBC in Spanish. So why Fox Business decided to team up with Univision for this debate is anybody's de anybody's guess. The whole debate was just dominated by moderators talking over candidates, the bickering, the candidates talking over candidates. And then the viewers, I think, felt dumber after having listened to it. And Nikki Haley's made that swipe at Vivek Ramaswamy. We'll play that clip in a moment. Rather than focusing on the substance of the things that people really cared about, we were talking, there was like this survivor style moment where they were trying to get them to vote one of the other candidates off the island. It was so weird. And it just did nothing to really serve the American public or help us to get to know these candidates any better. I have to say, it was pretty bad. But, you know, one of the themes that was persistent was the dissatisfaction with the moderators. I mean, one of the questions ranged from asking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis about his, a racist slavery curriculum to asking Vice President Mike Pence about hate crimes against gay people. It doesn't make any sense. Why were they doing this? And they had Stuart Varney and Dana Perino and then the Univision anchor Ilya Calderon. And they kept trying to enforce time limits from the candidates, but then they kept cutting each other off. Republican Governor Doug Burgum tried to ask the moderators to return to a question that they were asking about artificial intelligence, considering that he is the only one with a technology background on the uh, on the stage. And Dana Perino responded that we're going to have to cut your mic. She says, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cut your mic. What is this, an episode of Bill O'Reilly's show when he used to threaten to cut all their mics? This is a, a debate. It, it just, it was an absolute mess. And I have to say, Donald Trump really won by not showing up. And he gave his own rally last night for auto workers. And you know what? Donald Trump had the best line from the debate last night. Trump said last night in the battleground state of Michigan, the only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries. America is a nation. <laughs> oh, shoot. What? Mr. President, shut up. Wrong Mr. President. <laughs> Give him. Let's really hit the applause button. I got to get my coffee in me. Good morning. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, we're grateful and glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can text the show at 573-319-1586. It's nice to have us here. 1,200 people watching us here today. Make sure that you click like on the stream as well as subscribe if you enjoy the content that you're watching last uh, watching this morning. We hope to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. 
The only memorable line from the debate last night was another clunker from former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who tried to get a jab in, but God, it's so lame. Only Donald Trump can pull off these kinds of insults. Here's what Chris Christie had to say about Trump. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. And I want to... God, cringe. Where's my Michael Scott? No, no. God, no, God, please, no, no. That no! is, that was no! some mega cringe there. No one on the stage is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. That was, <laughs> that's going to go on a bunch of cringe highlight reels for sure. That was New Jersey Governor Chris Christie there. Trying to give Donald Trump the nickname, you know how Trump gives everybody nicknames. I feel like Chris Christie thought that he did something there, but here's the thing. Why didn't we do a debate coverage show last night live? Because of things like this, because it was so pointless. Did they even talk about the multiple indictments by the DOJ against Donald Trump? Did they talk at all about the corruption of the Department of Justice? Questions that really matter. How about the constitutional crisis that we might be engaged in? If Donald Trump is somehow convicted on any of the counts uh, of the 91 counts against him, if Donald Trump has to face a conviction down, and if a, some corrupt prosecutor manages to get that across the finish line, let's say he's sentenced to 90 days in jail or a year in jail, for example, but he wins the presidency, which looks pretty likely at this point, what does that mean for us as a constitutional crisis? Well, I'll tell you, I spoke to former Judge Andrew Napolitano yesterday on my show. And I asked him that question. I said, Judge, what do you think will happen? Will we be in a real constitutional crisis? He says, yes. If Donald Trump, you know, for some reason, on any of these 91 counts that, are brought, that have been brought against him, him in these indictments, if Donald Trump is convicted and sentenced to any kind of a term in jail, even if it's 30 days in jail or 90 days in jail, something, you know, short or limited, if he's convicted and sentenced, then the judge thinks that it will immediately go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will allow President Trump to serve out his term as president without going to jail. And then after his term is over, then he would have to turn himself in for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever any of these indictments might bring up, these judgments. Because according to the Supremacy Clause in the Constitution, which of course I know a lot of libertarians and conservatives, they, they grouse at whenever you bring up, but it does exist. It is constitutional. And there are certain limitations. Uh, there are lots of limitations on it. But in this case, a state could not send a sitting president to jail because it would interfere with federal processes. And in the case of a federal president, then the states would not be able to imprison a president. Now, of course, if the president is convicted of a state level offense, a lot of people were confused about whether or not Donald Trump might be able to um, to pardon himself. As I understand it right now, under the current law, the president could pardon himself for a federal crime. However, he might not be able to do so for a state crime. Now, a governor could pardon Donald Trump for a state crime if in that state 
the law exists to allow governors the power of the pardon. And not all 50 states actually allow governors those powers. So it'd be interesting because in Georgia, you have a Republican governor, Brian Kemp, who doesn't like Donald Trump and doesn't get along with Donald Trump since the last election. They're sort of, I won't say they're enemies, but they're certainly, they're, uh, they're you know not butting heads ever since the 2020 election. So we're talking about, again, about real political crisis here that the country is headed towards with the likely reality that President Trump is probably going to win the Republican nomination, at least according to current polls, shows that he's leading Joe Biden, has a good chance to be president of the United States. And if you know how corrupt the prosecutors are in this country, if you've paid attention at all since you've since you've gotten interested in politics or obviously watching a show like this, we've faced down the question of whether or not some corrupt prosecutor might sentence Donald Trump to a, to jail. <laughs> God, is this the weirdest thing ever? It is. Well, speaking of weird, the Republican presidential debate last night, let's get back to some of these clips that I pulled for you uh, special last night. Iowa voters weighed in on what they thought of how the Republican presidential candidates did and what they thought of Donald Trump not appearing in the, at the debate last night. Here's what some of them had to say. And keep in mind, this is CNN. I think it's disrespectful that he didn't come to um, try to earn Iowans votes because so many people's votes are still up for grabs here in Iowa. And so not coming to um, try to earn that with the other candidates, I think, is a sign of disrespect. And I don't think he earned anyone's vote by not coming. I think. It's- OK, there's the DeSantis supporter out there. And I got to say, uh, not, you know, Ron DeSantis came into this. I felt like he was going to be such a strong presidential candidate. And for some reason, he just doesn't seem to have the chutzpah to really eke it out. I think that the fading poll numbers have really weighed on him, and he's allowed it to affect his importance, his appearance. He's he's just he seems rattled, and here he is challenging after the debate, challenging President Trump to a debate. Take a look. And you know what? Maybe yeah. we can say since the former president didn't come here, maybe he'd be willing to do one with, with you and I. I think he owes it to our voters to come and make the case. You're I now mean, challenging it. So this is going to be Hannity one-on-one debate. Let's central. do it. Let's do it, right? <laughs> I'll do anything. So, I'll ask here, Here's the thing, though. Yeah, we'll do you owe it to the, I'll do anything. Uh, yeah, we know you will, Sean. The voters to come and make the case. No one's entitled to anything. You know, you can yeah. say, oh, the, some poll m- months before. No, you got to make the case. You got to owe it to the voters. So I'm going to show up everywhere. I think that that's what you were able to do. And you know what? I have to say, I mean, listen, as much as I like Ron DeSantis, I really don't have many uh, nitpicky things to say about Ron DeSantis. And to be honest, here's the thing. I'm a libertarian Republican, which means, you know, I'm from this limited government wing of the party. The, the, the criticisms that I have of Ron DeSantis, I'm gonna be honest, you probably disagree with me on, right? So if you're a traditional conservative Republican or a, or a just or a right wing populist Republican, more more likely because even conservatives would probably real conservatives would actually probably agree with me on the, the nitpicks, the bones that I have to pick with Ron DeSantis, the populists typically who, you know, are pervasive within the Republican party at the moment, they, the things that I have to criticize about Ron DeSantis, the populists would disagree with me. So that's the fascinating situation that we find ourselves in here. But are, are we getting Jeb Bush vibes here from Ron DeSantis? Again, I, I, I like the guy. I think he'd be a great president. I thought he was going to be a much stronger contender, but I'm getting real Jeb Bush vibes from the guy. I, just very low energy. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I, listen, I want to know if I'm wrong because we're all trying to confirm our biases in this one. And I want to hear from you. Let us let me know. I want to get your take on the debate. Send us a text 573 319 1586. That's 573 
319-1586 if you want to text the line. Love to hear from you. Don't forget, if you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, make sure that you click like on the stream. Help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. And subscribe to the Wake Up America show's channel at rumble.com slash AP for liberty. I know that the 1,940 people who are watching this morning, I know you're very busy people. You probably got kids. Since you're up early, that means you have a job. Congratulations for you. Thank you for being a contributing member of society if you get up early. So I know what happens is that when you're getting ready and you're listening to the show, you might have just tuned in because clicked on it because we're at the top of rumble.com. And then tomorrow you're like, I'd like to listen to that show again, but you might forget who we are. I get it. I understand. We all get busy. Make sure you click that subscribe button at least before you leave today so that you can join us on the Wake Up America show every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We've got a lot of great content left to go for you. Uh, former Missouri State Representative Paul Kurtman will be joining us a little bit later at 7.30 this morning, so a little bit less than um, uh, 12, 12, 13, 15 minutes or so from now, we'll hear from Missouri Representative Paul Kurtman on his thoughts of the Republican presidential debate. He's a rock-solid conservative, constitutional conservative who will be joining us to give his reaction. Also, I'd like to hear from him. He is a um, He served in the United States Marines. I'd like to hear from him on this story about this um, about this military service member who defected to North Korea. Did you hear on this one? Apparently, North Korea on Wednesday deported this guy. He's an American soldier who tried to defect by bolting across the demilitarized zone from South Korea earlier this year. 23-year-old U.S. Army soldier Travis King was among a group of tourists when he ran across the border, and then he was immediately taken into North Korean custody, and this happened in July. Now, he had actually been facing disciplinary action in the army after he had spent two months in a South Korean jail on assault charges. He claimed that he was running from, quote, inhuman maltreatment and racial discrimination in the U.S. Army, because God knows that the woke army these days, it's all about discrimination and not inclusivity and not putting you know men in women's locker rooms and all kinds of weird crap like that. So anyways, I'd like to hear from Paul Kurtman on that topic as well as the debate, so we will be hearing from Paul at about 7.30 this morning. So again, keep an eye out for that. We'll come. He's coming on a little bit less than 10 minutes from now. Here was the, what many people say was the absolute worst question of the Republican debate. Take a listen to this. And welcome back to the final minutes. I could go another hour, but we only have a few minutes. And candidates, it's now obvious that if you all stay in the race, Former President Donald Trump wins the nomination. None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? <laughs> Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 <laughs> seconds starting now of the people on the stage. Are you who serious? should be? I'm absolutely serious. With all due respect, wow. I mean, we're here like wow. you know, we're happy to debate. Sure. But I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants yeah. to, I, nobody wants most, to participate. Let's do some questions. Let's talk about the future of the country. For you. I want to be. I want to be. Clear let me ask you this. If, if I may. Let me, if I let may me ask you something. Yep. Let me, then, yep. if you won't answer that question, let me ask you this one. Yeah. What is your mathematical path? Yes. Governor DeSantis. In order to try to beat President Trump, who has a commanding and enduring lead 
in this race. So polls don't elect presidents. Voters elect presidents. And we're going to take the case of the people in these early states. We're going to do it in a state-by-state direction. And why? Because as Reagan said in his day, this is our time for... Bro, this is so weird. Just so weird. Good God, that is odd. How dare you? Such a weird question. And you know what? Dana Perino, she sounded kind of embarrassed, and she should be. They were asking them to like play a game of Survivor, or like, what's that show? Uh, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Like this is like it's some kind of television reality game show. It makes no sense. I, I wish that I wish that we could have real debates, but unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. Um, <laughs> it only gets weirder from here. Uh, actually, if you're just tuning into the show, you probably want to make sure that you don't miss what was considered to be the most memorable part of the debate last night. Take a listen. I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. And I want to look at that. God, cringe. No, God. No, God, please, no. Such cringe. For the love of God, can we please pull back on the cringe just a little bit? That was, yeah, that was uh, Governor Chris Christie. Oh, well, yeah, there's John Stossel. He's complaining about how we've got to choose between Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden. Somebody, mostly peaceful memes last night with the best uh, recap of the debate right there. As you can see, six retards fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I still, I love that word retard. I'm not giving up. I don't care if people say it's politically incorrect. This is the Wake Up America show. And while we do try and mind our language, we do sometimes say the R word retard. Six retards fighting. I have to say that's probably the best meme of the show. If you're just tuning in to Wake Up America show, make sure that you click that like button and subscribe to the channel so that we can have a great show today. Help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. Some of the questions last night in the debate were so awkward and so odd. But I guess that's what you get when you choose Univision, the MSNBC of uh, of Latin America, to co-host the debate. Listen to this weird question asked to Governor Ron DeSantis about critical race theory in schools. Governor DeSantis, I have a question for you. Florida's new Black History curriculum says, quote, slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. You have said slaves develop skills in spite of slavery, not because of it. But many are still hurt. For the sentence of slaves, this is personal. What is your message to them? So first of all, that's a hoax that was perpetrated by Kamala Harris. Uh, We are not going to be doing that. Second of all, that was written by descendants of slaves. These are great black history scholars. So we need to stop playing these games. Here's the deal. Our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination, denying parents' rights. Florida represents the revival of American education. We're ranked number one in the nation in education by U.S. News and World Report. My wife and I, we have a six, five, and three-year-old. 
this is personal to us. We didn't just talk about universal school choice. We enacted universal school choice. We didn't just talk about parents' bill of rights. We enacted the parents' bill of rights. We eliminated critical race theory, and we now have American civics and the Constitution in our schools in a really big way, just like President Reagan asked for in his farewell address back in 1989. Florida is showing how it's done. We're standing with parents, and our kids are benefiting. There you go. Now, see, if Ron DeSantis had that kind of energy at the beginning and had maintained that throughout, he might not be lagging in the polls. Um, But honestly, you know, while I thought Ron DeSantis was going to be my candidate of choice in the Republican primary, and I still think that Donald Trump is going to win, if this is all a competition for second place, I have to admit that the person that I think would be my favored pick for vice president under Donald Trump would be Vivek Ramaswamy. And it's because he's got guts and he's sharp and he's got business experience and he has the balls to say things like this. Over 10.7 million students in over 18,000 public schools nationwide have the ability to change their identity without parental notification. Governor Christie told Stewart last week that he would pass a federal law to protect parental rights. Would you try to do the same? I have to be very clear about this. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. We have to acknowledge the truth of that for what it is. I met two young women early in this campaign. On parental rights in school. Parents have the right. Dana, shut up. For the love of God, Dana, I, I, I love you. You're kind. You were sweet to me when I worked there with you at Fox. But shut up, for the love of God. Let them answer the questions, okay? Right to know. And you know what the hypocrisy of this is? Even New Hampshire failed to actually get past a piece of legislation here. The very people who say that this increases the risk of suicide are also the ones saying that parents don't have the right to know about that increased risk of suicide. And I'm sorry, it is not compassionate to affirm a kid's confusion. That is not compassion, that is cruelty. I met two young women, Chloe and Katie, early in this campaign, who are in their 20s, now regret getting double mastectomies and a hysterectomy. One of them will never have children. And the fact that we allowed that to happen in the this country is barbaric. So I will ban genital mutilation or chemical castration okay, know, under the age of 18. And parents in, in, have absolutely the right. Would you try to pass a federal law that says parents, parents should have that right? We are, what are you saying, Dana? This is, oh God, I, I'm honestly surprised at her because she's She's usually so classy, but this was just regard, states absolutely okay. have to then follow I want that to ask through. Governor Bergham we stand to follow for parental up on this rights. Because yes. You- Governor Bergham a follow up on this. What in God's green earth? I got lots more debate questions and answers and yeah, it was an absolute nightmare, but it you know, I, I got I'm tired of confirming my own biases on this one. I want to hear from former Missouri State Representative Paul Kerman. I want to hear his reaction to the debate. Plus, I want to hear his reaction to that The guy who ran across the border to North Korea, apparently he's been returned to the United States. I want to hear from him as a former military man on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Here's the challenge, though. Black families survived slavery. We survived poll taxes and literacy tests. We survived discrimination being woven into the laws of our country. What was hard to survive was Johnson's Great Society, where they decided to put money where they decided to take the black father out of the household to get a check in the mail, and you can now measure that in unemployment, in crime, and devastation. If you want to reach free, here's the
that was uh, Republican Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning into the Wake Up America show. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the content that you're watching. We've been reacting to the Republican presidential debate this morning. In just a moment, we're going to speak to former Missouri State Representative Paul Kurtman, who will be joining us today to give his reaction to the debate, as well as his thoughts about that North Korean defector from the United States to, to North Korea, who has now been returned to us. We'll get to that in just a moment. But may I remind you while you're here that the Wake Up America show has our very own brand of coffee that you could be enjoying right now. If you want to enjoy some absolutely delicious coffee from APForLibertyShop.com, I highly recommend my favorite is our Colombian single origin, which is named after my favorite unofficial founding father, Thomas's painkiller coffee that you can get exclusively at APForLibertyShop.com. Of course, we've got a whole variety of delicious roasts. Today I'm drinking Jeffersonian Java, which is our light roast. It's very heavily caffeinated, and I need it on these early mornings to get the day started. So if you like coffee, if you're a coffee lover, this is a premium coffee for you. And remember, all of the, of the items at the APForLibertyShop.com store have free shipping to the USA. So the price you see is delivered to your front door. Visit apforlibertyshop.com. Oh, and I know a lot of people were excited because they were all ordering these shirts like crazy. The uh, Michael Myers No Lives Matter shirts, as you can see here. Whenever you see somebody saying, uh, wearing a sign that says Black Lives Matter, they can turn around and look at you with, their, with your Michael Myers shirt, No Lives Matter. It's also a great way if you're like me and you don't want to have to have some kind of really expensive or extravagant costume for Halloween because God knows we're all suffering from Bidenomics and bite inflation. So this is a really great way to get you a Halloween costume that everybody will laugh at. We've got a ton of Halloween items right now at apforlibertyshop.com. Get your No Lives Matter shirt over at apforlibertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, apforlibertyshop.com. All right, well, the Republican presidential debate last night, most people agree was an absolute mess, but let's hear from a constitutional conservative from the state of Missouri who just happens to be in Pensacola, Florida right now, his name is Paul Kurtman, and he's joining us live right now. Good morning, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, Austin. Good to be with you again. Yeah, thanks for joining us today, Paul. So big picture, your thoughts. Who won the Republican debate last night? The left. <laughs> um, I'm just not so sure. I'm just not so sure, Austin. Uh, whenever I watch the debates, whether they're Republican or Democrat, I'm just not so sure that either one of these parties, and I, I want to focus right now on the Republican debate, clearly because we just had a Republican debate last night, they just haven't mastered uh, the concept of actually winning over the votes. Um, when you look at all these different candidates, it's the same rhetoric, it's the same style. I, would, I will say, probably with the exception of Ramaswamy, um, I will say most of the people continue uh, to do the same thing that's become very popular over the last 20 years, and that is just inflame the base that they already have. And they're not really winning the argument. And uh, that's, it's just one of the, it's one of the unsettling trends in politics um, that's really just really taken root. And I think that that kind of became evident, just like it has been before on last night's debate stage. Oh, well, here's the question that I have for you on uh, the Donald Trump factor on this one last night. My argument is that Donald Trump won the debate by not showing up last night because it was an absolute crap show. They're all talking over one another. Uh, they're trying. Did you hear? Did you see the the Chris Christie moment where he says, "If Donald keeps ducking this debate, we're not going to call him Donald 
Trump. We're going to call him Donald Duck. I mean, cringe. Is there an argument to be made that that Trump won? Um, see, I see. I think he's already won in that regard. Now, this is just Chris Christie trying to beat Donald Trump at his own game, right? I, I don't know if you've been to the Wikipedia page. There's actually a Wikipedia page with all the nicknames Donald Trump has given people, and and they are hilarious. When I had a radio show in <laughs> St. Louis, we spent a couple a couple days just going through these. They make great segments. You might want to give that a shot. It's a Wikipedia page, but this is Chris Christie just trying to beat Donald Trump at his own game. And uh, but none of these candidates are clever enough because they're not Donald Trump. So they're probably all going to go with the Donald Duck line. But that's old news. We've heard that before. People have called him that for years. It's not new to Chris Christie. And it's not going to something it's not going to be something that sticks except with people that are deeply entrenched within their own political camp. I think if there's any candidate that ever could have gotten away with um, skipping out of any debate at all, it's Donald Trump. And it's really because of what's happened to him over the last probably what we're going on we're going on eight years now that we've seen not just the left but also the right really move to attack him and push him and and malign him and marginalize him and so i don't think we'll ever see a candidate be able to afford to skip a debate whether it's in a republican stage or a democrat stage i don't i just don't think we'll ever see it i think i think he is he is an anomaly in american history in that regard and so to your point, yeah, I think he did win the debate. If you can skip the debate and still get more attention and still trend higher than anybody else on social media, you've clearly won something. Yeah, it kind of just reminds me of my own ill-fated primary in 2018 where Holly would just skip the debates because he knew it was a foregone conclusion. And it's, it's a shame that, that's, that we don't really have competitive primaries to some extent in this country, but that's the reality. It's a smart move. Uh, at the end of the day, if if you lose more than you gain, you're not going to do it. Well, Donald Trump doesn't have to debate because he's up. I think he's got 54 percent of the Republican primary at this point. So it just seems to be that they're competing over second mm -hmm. place. But, Paul, let's talk about that second place, because you brought up Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm not going to lie. This guy impresses me. He says he wants to cut a million federal jobs. He says he wants to take on the deep state. He's he, he's going after the global warming freaks, calls them a cult to their faces on CNN, says that Representative Ayanna Presley is the face of the modern KKK. I mean, this guy's got guts for me. If if there's second place or if there's going to be a VP on that stage, I pick Vivek Ramaswamy. What about you? I, I really, really do like him. I, I didn't know anything about him I, like most people didn't, you know, six months ago. Um, but then as he is, did I lose you? No, I'm here. We're here. Okay. Sorry about that. I, That's sorry okay. about that. I, my, my screen went, screen went blank for a second. I think, I think the way he has come on the stage has been a little bit like what we were expecting from Ron DeSantis, but didn't get somebody that came out far more liberty minded. And, and, and to, to be fair, uh, DeSantis I think he does fit that mold a little bit, but he doesn't fit that mold quite in the same way as Donald Trump does, where he's he's Donald Trump kind of has branded himself as I'm ready to if everything has to get burnt down to do the right thing, I'm willing to be hated to do the right thing, you know. And so I think I think that's kind of what we were expecting out of Ron DeSantis. But then we started getting like fake smiles, you know, and you could clearly see he was being coached and he just wasn't comfortable with it, wasn't fitting with it. And uh, but Vivek just comes out and he just is who he is. And uh, he's not he's just not shy about his message. 
And so when he's confronting people, like he has, like you pointed out, you know, when he's on national television and he, and he just calls people out for who they are, for how intrusive and authoritarian their policies are, he is doing exactly what we wish these other candidates would have done. And this is what made Donald Trump so popular in 2016. He was actually coming out and saying things and being the type of person that we had expected from other candidates before that. And so that's something that some of these politicians need to catch on to. I mean, there's things to be said about populism, and some of these candidates seem to want to run away from it. But campaigning by nature is a popularity contest, and they just don't seem to have that figured out. I think uh, Ramaswamy, uh, the more time he gets on the debate stage, I think the more he's going to impress people. I like that. And and I'm glad you brought up DeSantis there uh, in comparison to Vivek. I want to get to your thoughts on DeSantis here in just a moment. You are in Florida, after all. Uh, but for the 2,700 people who are tuning in right now, God bless you. Thank you very much to Rumble.com for featuring us up front. 2,800 people, excuse me, didn't want to miss anybody there. We're grateful and glad to have you here. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. You're watching the Wake Up America show. We stream this show live every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we're glad and grateful to have you here. Do, do us a favor, click like. And if you enjoy the content, subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. That's me. I'm AP for Liberty. I'm speaking to former Missouri State Representative Paul Kurtman, who's joining us right now. He was also a member of the U.S. Marine Corps. I want to ask him about that um, North Korea defector here in just a couple of minutes. But right now we are giving a little bit of a recap of the Republican presidential debate last night. I really thought DeSantis was going to be the the real challenger to Donald Trump. And if you look at the poll numbers, you could say, well, who is who is that all the way down there in the polls who's competing with Donald Trump for you trying to get second place? It's DeSantis. But I mean, I don't understand. He was so strong, you know, destroyed as governor. He got more got one. What Miami as a Republican Democrat districts in Florida has turned that state red for maybe the next you know, couple of generations, who knows? Why is, why has he floundered in this Republican primary? Why is he floundered nationally when we saw him as such a stronger figure coming out of Florida? What's happened here? Yeah, look, I, Austin, I got a, a lot of different ideas on this. I, I think he is a strong leader. I think he has the right mindset. I think he has the right ideas, the right policies. I think he has the right perspective on things like civil rights and civil liberties um, and economic freedom, even economic freedom. Um, but I'll tell you something. I'm just going to lean back on my own political experience here. Whenever people get elected immediately, once they win that first election or once they just announce that they're running for office and then suddenly their treasure chest begins to pile up and they got all this money to campaign, they just get overrun with consultants. And the consultant class is by far one of the reasons why the, uh, this country has gone the way that it's gone. They want to focus group everything. They want to completely change who you are so you can cater to people. You can totally see it on television uh, when Ron DeSantis is standing on a debate stage or when he's in Iowa. He's just not the same person that he is when he's in Florida. He just has to like force a smile and it comes off incredibly disingenuous. But no doubt that's because there's been somebody behind him telling him to smile, right? There's been somebody behind him saying, hey, you need to act like this. You need to do this. And if it doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit. And these candidates are just too afraid to be themselves. And so um, I think I've told you this story before, Austin, back in 2016, when I was working uh, in politics in Missouri, um, 
I had a guy working for me and Donald Trump had came to St. Louis and he said, hey, Donald Trump's in town. You want to meet him? And I thought to myself, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go meet him. I what did not like him, was not a fan. Um, but when I got when I got to the airport, I got to spend some time with him on his airplane and I realized he is exactly who he is on the camera as he is behind closed doors. And at that point, it occurred to me, this guy's not reading from a script and it made sense to me why so many people were attracted to him. This generation has grown up totally being able to recognize when somebody's reading off a script and somebody's being disingenuous. And when you see all these candidates, whether they're Democrat or Republican, when you see these candidates on the debate stage, you can tell who the liars are. You can tell who the people are that are just trying to pull the wool over your eyes. And I think this is why it's been surprising for so many people that somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy has come from nowhere and has just been able to impress people and been able to endear himself to people because he's very more real to them. Uh, he doesn't come off as a salesman. He doesn't come off as somebody who's been practicing the Donald Duck line for the last two or three <laughs> weeks, hoping that they can figure out a way to say it, to make it trend. I mean, they focus group these taglines. And I mean, if people think that Chris Christie just came up with that on the debate stage, I remember Hillary Clinton came up with some, I can't remember what it was that she said in 2016, but she actually stuttered as if she was trying to think of something to say, but it came off so fake. We all knew that she had practiced the stutter in the back room just before they came out on the debate. Oh stage. my God. Yeah. So, out, it would, so it would sound like she was trying to think of what she was saying. So it, so it was so it would sound like she was just thinking, you know, just off the top of her head and she was thoughtful. But it turned out that they had been focus grouping that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so that's why I think somebody like B. Bake does so well. But that's where consultants come in and they get paid the big bucks. And consultants are not interested in the direction of the country. Consultants are in interested in making money. Right. And so when you see these different candidates on the debate stage during being steered toward different policies, when we think that politicians are out of touch with the American people, it's because they're more in touch with the consultants that they worship, thinking that those consultants are going to get them elected up the uh, up the ladder into the next office. They're mercenaries. Yes. And Torverin over yeah. on the live stream this morning says, uh, quote, Pokemon go to the polls. Yes, we all remember that one. <laughs> Nice to see you all. Burn in hell, Biden. Nice name over there. Says they are all talk. None of them mean a dang thing they say. At least Trump did what he said. We appreciate your comments over there. We just crossed 3,100 live viewers of the Wake Up America show, which means that this is now, right now, the highest rated Wake Up America show of all time. We just broke a new record. Thank you very much to our viewers and listeners for that. And thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us today at the top of their website, front and center. If you're enjoying the content that you're hearing today, make sure that you click like and don't leave without a subscription. It's totally free, rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. Hit that subscribe button so you can join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time here. It's a great way to start your day. Two hours of economic freedom and personal liberty and great guests like my current one, Paul Kurtman, former Missouri State Representative who's joining us live right now on the show. We're grateful and glad to have him here. Um, I'd like to um, divert very briefly, Paul, because I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, I, when when you were in the military, did you ever visit the DMZ in uh, in Korea? Did you ever have a chance to go and and see that uh, border? Um, and I, I wonder what your thoughts are on this defector who claims racial discrimination caused him to flee to North Korea. And now he's returned. My <laughs> thoughts are, you know, you can keep him, but <laughs> what do you think about this? Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm just going to step back inside here for a second while I talk about this. Okay. 
<laughs> my neighbors in the yard. This is this is this is this cracks me up, Austin. So he he's claiming racial discrimination. He's claiming all this racial injustice. So of all places, he's going to flee into North Korea, where if they just don't like the fact that you smiled big enough for the speech of their authoritarian leader, they're going to put you in front of a firing squad uh, of of anti aircraft guns. And so in a communist country, right, in a communist country, if you want freedom, if you want equality, the last thing you do is you run into a communist country for refuge and for safe haven, right? But is this not the story of the left? Is this not exactly what they're doing? Racial discrimination, divide people based on race. And where is it taking us? It's taking us straight across the border into the land of communism, where it's going to be worse for everybody. And we're going to where we're going to be on our knees day and night praying God to deliver us from. And that's exactly what we've seen with this guy that deserted the army and found himself found up wound up in North Korea because he was trying to find, I guess, uh, racial justice or something. It is absolutely insane and stupid. I'm glad he look. he's an American. I'm glad he came back. Um, I haven't really thought, I just seen the headline saying that he was being sent back. I hope he comes back in better shape than the one guy who came back with holes in his head and then wound up dying because uh, he's an American. And I, I don't care. It, in, as crazy as the story is, if you're an American, I hope that you get back to America safely. And uh, But what a, what a crazy, nutty story that, that whole situation was. Paul Kerbman, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or anything you'd like to plug before we let you go? Good opportunity to do so with 3,200 people here. Well, I'll do that. I'll tell you what, I'm glad to be on here. I'm Congratulations on breaking that record on Rumble. Glad to see you on Rumble. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, paulkerbman.com. I have a financial service company, so if anybody wants any type of investment advice, they can go to prkerbman.com. I have a good a newsletter that I send out every week related to the markets. I am a freedom-minded individual, part of the parallel economy. People need to do business with people that share their values, and we need to support each other. So prkerman.com is where they can go if they want to find any information out about that. But really appreciate being on with you again, Austin. Thank you very much for your time, Paul. Thanks for getting up early and joining us all the way from Pensacola, Florida. We look back to, to your safe return coming back to the great state of Missouri. Have a wonderful day. All right. There you go. That's Paul Kerman. What do you think of Paul? Send us a text 573-319-1586. Again, you can text the show and let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. One listener from the 573 said they've been interested in Tim Scott for a minute, but they don't trust any of them. Matt Unruh says that I'm beginning to think taking the libertarians out of the other two parties has been a mistake. The nation has gotten considerably worse since 1971. Interesting point of view from our buddy Matt Unruh. Thank you for that, Matt. Well, speaking of investments and Paul Kurtman talking about investments, don't forget that my friends at Lear Capital are the ones who make the Wake Up America show happen. Not just the 3,200 people watching because, of course, you're making the show happen as well. But that's why I've got a great offer for you from our friends at Lear. Now, here's the thing. This isn't just another crummy commercial, as they might say from that famous Christmas movie we like to watch every year. Oh, crummy commercial, right? Drink your Ovaltine, if you will. This is a company that I endorse and recommend not only to you, the listener and viewer, but also to my own family. I recommend Lear Capital to the people that I care about the most. If you've ever been if you've been considering investing in gold and silver, today's a great day to call Lear Capital at 1-800-885-2175. And why is it a great day? 
Well, they've got a $500 account credit to get you started. So if you've been looking at the price of gold and saying, now's a good time probably to get in before Biden starts printing cash like crazy to try and win the election next year, because you know they always do that. They print money like crazy in election years to try and win the election because they want those interest rates to go down so that they can win the presidency again, right? Easy money. What does that mean? That means that, well, it's gonna cost more to buy stuff, but that also means that the value of gold goes up. You can get a $500 account credit now if you call our friends over at Lear Capital at 1-800-885-2175. Now listen, I know more people are phone averse than ever. Like calling somebody on the phone, that's a, that's a big ask for some people. So visit LearAustin.com if you're phone averse. However, the $500 account credit is just for those who call that number. So call them at 1-800-885-2175. You don't have to buy the gold today to get the account credit. They'll set up your account and they'll credit your account for that $500 when you make your first purchase. But if you just want to get more information, LearAustin.com. Visit it right now today. Secure your financial future. Now's a great time to buy gold and silver. And again, I recommend this company to my own family, so I have no problem endorsing and recommending them to you. Write that number down before you go. 1-800-885-2175. Get that $500 account credit. All right, let's get back to the debate clips. We're going to speak to Camelia Peterson in less than 10 minutes about her thoughts on this one. They're all afraid of Vivek. But you know what I did that was different than every other company? We got the hell out of there. And when I started my yeah, next right company, you ran Strive, right when it was years ago. Right when I started my next company, Strive, to compete against it's BlackRock. Excuse me. No, no. To compete against it's BlackRock. I made a commitment that we would never do business in China. And I will say something. Yes. I think you have more than time to explain yeah. your point. Well, if I, I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful because I yeah. believe these You were respectful last debate. But I do not believe in these we're sitting here in the Reagan Library. Yes, I wish you would do not. In honor of Ronald Reagan's library, if I may. Well, from one, Tim, from one admirer of Ronald Reagan to another. From one admirer of Reagan to another. We cannot do deals with Islamic four years ago. This is productive. I want to hear about that. Let's have a policy debate. Let us have a policy debate. I see our buddy Rubber Johnny nine one one says. Vivek got demolished by Haley, Nikki Haley of all people. Embarrassing. He's such a fake weirdo. That's what she had to say. Well, I think I actually I pulled I might have pulled that clip for you. Here we go. This was Nikki Haley's moment of the debate. Social media yes, apps that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Hmm. Because I can't believe you know, they hear you got a TikTok <laughs> situation. What they're doing is social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Hmm. Because I <laughs> that was actually not bad. She's sharp. And I do hear from a lot of people that they think that uh, they think that uh, Nikki Haley did a good job last night. But this is really this. Here's the perfect recap of the presidential debate last night. Next question is from Governor DeSantis. God, that is annoying as hell. Yes. But probably the most memorable moment from the debate last night that everybody's talking about and is trending last night. Here's what Porky Pig had to say. The camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay. And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that. No one here's going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Oh, God, that is cringe. No, God! No, God, please, no! No! <laughs> 
no! Okay, now, who is no! the person over in the live stream that said that Vivek has Jimmy Neutron hair? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> You're not allowed to make me laugh during the, the show. Good morning if you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here today. We hit a new record of live viewers, 3,200. Oh, oh my God. Jeez, I've never had this many people on a live stream in my life. So thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us up top. We know we couldn't do it without you. This is the place for free speech. When YouTube demonetized this show a few weeks ago, my wife and I were looking at ourselves like, Oh boy, there goes a significant portion of our revenue. <laughs> Rumble.com stepped up and said, hey, we like this show. We'd love to feature it over here at Rumble.com. And thank you for doing that. Um, at Rumble.com, it is the place for free speech. And we can fight back against big tech. I'm an investor at Rumble.com. And I also invest with my time and energy as well. Thank you for investing back in me. My wife, Stephanie, and I, she and I are just a little two-person small business. And it's all centered around this show, the Wake Up America show, this podcast. And from here, we have APForLibertyShop.com, where we sell our merchandise, like my No Lives Matter shirt. You can see my Michael Myers No Lives Matter shirt. You can get that at APForLibertyShop.com. And we started this just a year ago as a little as a dream to try and build our own libertarian-based business uh, so that we could have basically like a libertarian version of the Daily Wire. We want to do documentaries, and we want to do more podcasts. And we want to build another like a liberty-based media empire. And we really appreciate Rumble.com for featuring us to help us to make that American dream come true. If you want to help support the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty and help us to build a libertarian quote-unquote daily wire, visit AP4LibertyShop.com. Get yourself some delicious coffee and some great Halloween shirts like these or Michael Myers No Lives Matter shirts. Selling like hotcakes. We might sell out, so go and get yours today. All right, well, Camelia Peterson... You know how she is about Donald Trump and about the Republican presidential candidates. Tentative. I'm going to push her, see who she thinks won the Republican presidential debate. So don't leave. Stick around. We're going to hear from Camelia when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. In the of Monday 22, Austin and Stephanie Peterson embarked on a journey, a journey to wake up America. They began humbly, with just 20 souls tuning in, learning, listening, and though challenges arose, like the looming shadow of YouTube demonetization, their spirit never waned. And now, thanks to you, thousands rise with the sun to join them, to listen, to engage, to be a part of a community. So here's to you, and to wake up America, for memories shared, for friends made, for the journey ahead, and for never, ever forgetting to rise and freedom. Happy anniversary. Zero based budgeting. That's the way businesses are actually run. Start with zero as the baseline for the budget and then see what's actually necessary. There isn't a blue state or a red state in this union that does it. The federal government doesn't do it, but successful companies, including the ones that I've built as a CEO, will do it. And I think we need a CEO in the White House. There you go. Zero based budgeting. Who's going to nerd out with us on that one? Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. It's the highest rated live by live viewership Wake Up America show in history. Thank you very much. And thank you to Rumble.com. It's just been so exciting for the last few weeks as our show has just exploded in numbers. Thank you for joining us, and don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel so you can get updates when we go live. If you subscribe to the Wake Up America show right here on rumble.com, you can get those updates and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. 
Uh, don't forget, I know you get busy, you're getting your kids ready for school or doing what have you this morning. So before you leave, click that sub button. We'll see you tomorrow morning for Freedom Family Friday when my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie, joins us. She joins us every Friday for Freedom Family Friday, and we usually lighten things up and talk about a little bit, you know, lighter topics than just politics. So make sure that you come back and join us and you can see my Freedom Family. All right. Well, a part of our extended Freedom Family who joins us every Tuesday and Thursday at this time for eight, uh, at 8 a.m. Central Time is the lovely Camelia Peterson. And she's got a POV on who she thinks won the Republican presidential debate. And it's Mike Pence. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, here's what I want to know. Like, what's the opposite? The opposite of participation trophies is like participation consolation prizes. I don't know because I feel like, like we like it's like I think everybody's losing at this point. <laughs> All right, but if you had to choose, who do you think won the presidential debate? I think it was Donald Trump by not showing up. I mean, you know, it does him no good to show up at this point. I mean, I think there's no benefit in it for him. Um, so yeah, I mean. I think that's the case. And he's obviously still has a pretty commanding lead in the polls, at least if you can believe what the polls say. I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to know what to believe anymore. The the one poll that that came out that has him so far ahead of Biden that is like an anomaly to everything else. And I don't know, we've just been so burned by polls so many times that I just, you know, I hear it and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. No, for sure. But I need you to be more decisive here, Camelia, and stop dithering. I need a commanding Camelia for the Wake Up America show this morning. And I want to know decisively, who do you really think came out looking the best last night? Uh, if we're talking about people who were actually debating, gosh, if I had to choose somebody, I mean, this is tough. I don't think it was Ramaswamy this time. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know. I I'm going to I hate I hate to give it to anybody because it's, it's Christy so hard for to his choose. Donald Duck line, isn't it? No, I will tell you what my favorite uh, thing I think was at the end. So I'm I'm just going to give it to DeSantis for lack of not having a greater option. But I liked what his response was at the very end with that stupid survivor question because that's the DeSantis I want to see, and we know this. That's the DeSantis that is that is there that's inside him. But like no hesitation, comes right out and says like. This is really not what we're here for. Come on. <laughs> no, for sure. I actually, I thought it was a good moment for him, for sure, where he kind of like, he, yeah, the, after the, they called it the worst question of the GOP debate. Hold on just a moment, Camille. You won't be able to hear it, but I'm going to play the clip for our audience very briefly. Okay. Just a moment. We're choosing. Welcome back to the final minutes. I could go another hour, but we only have a few minutes. And candidates. It's now obvious that if you all stay in the race, former President Donald Trump wins the nomination. None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 seconds. Starting now, of the people on the stage, you who should be? I'm absolutely serious. With all due respect, wow. I mean, we're here. Like, well, you know, we're happy to debate. But I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants yeah. to. Nobody wants to participate. Let's do some questions. Let's talk about the future of the country. I want to be. I want to be. Let me ask you this. 
if I may, let me, if I let may me ask you something. Let's talk about the future of the country. They didn't really seem to focus on the future of the country. It was a lot of jokes no. and prepared lines and talking over one another, wasn't it? Right. I think that's so unfortunate because I will tell you, you know, I've knocked a lot of doors and I've talked to a lot of people on phones. And, you know, one of the number one things people talk about that they are so tired of is the divisiveness and the polarization. And they are wanting, they're looking for somebody to give their solutions, you know, some hope. I mean, I think that that I don't understand how they are not fo focusing more on the economy because when you talk to people, that is the number one issue is the economy. Hands down, it is no contest. And they're just not talking about it. And I do think that that's, um, that that populism that Trump has, I think that that's the part that works for him because he is talking about how that you know workers are struggling and they're having a hard time now with the with the union issue and you know talking to the workers. I think he's he is very carefully doing a balancing act and walking that line and not necessarily agreeing with what they're asking for, but also recognizing um, the economic hardships that they face. And I mean, and honestly, those are not economic hardships that are just, you know, that's not just auto workers who are dealing with that. That's all of us. That's everyone. So that resonates with everyone, I think. Um, but yeah, there's there's nobody out there, you know, actually addressing what voters are wanting to hear and talking about what can we do to get the economy back on track? And obviously it's getting the current administration out for starters, but there are, you know, there are a lot of other things that they could talk about. And it's just, it was interesting. I guess the one interesting last night was watching the various candidates kind of sort of compensate to adjust from how they came off last time. You know, Vivek was a little more, a little more humble pie sometimes and trying to, you know, go a little easy, take that Reagan approach, you know, it was totally the opposite of what he did last time. <laughs> yeah, they somebody and... made the joke in the stream earlier, he got that Jimmy Neutron hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's funny. I did, I did see a tweet where somebody's like, you know, get, for every 1,000 likes, I'll, I'll make his hair go higher. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, there was one moment that I thought was actually substantive and I thought was very brave from... Um, uh, Senator Tim Scott, did you see his comments about the Great Society versus slavery? Uh, a little bit. I don't recall very much about it. Okay, well, let me, I'm going to play the clip for our audience and I'll give you a brief little recap because I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one, okay? Give me just a moment. Here's the challenge, though. Black families survived slavery. We survived poll taxes and literacy tests. We survived discrimination being woven into the laws of our country. What was hard to survive was Johnson's Great Society, where they decided to put money, where they decided to take the black father out of the household to get a check in the mail, and you can now measure that in unemployment, in crime, in devastation. If you want to reach slavery, here's the uh, challenge. So this is, uh, that was Senator Tim Scott saying, you know what, we survived slavery, we survived poll taxes, and we survived Jim Crow, but what we didn't survive was Lyndon Johnson's great society and taking the black fathers out of the home and replacing them with the government. That takes guts. Yes. No, that's, um, I love that about Tim Scott. And I will say, you know, I've always been kind of looking, uh, it's what I was looking for in the first debate 
And when I talk about kind of candidates adjusting, you know, for this next debate, that's one thing that Tim Scott did was he was much more assertive in getting out there and um, trying to make sure he was heard. In some ways, I think that's great. In other ways, I do think that it doesn't always come naturally for him. And so people feel like it's a little odd and out of character for him. But, you know, when he articulates those kind of things, it's like he he talked about similar things when he was on The View and people responded to that because he is very good at communicating um, the realities of what has happened in the Black community and what needs, what we need to see. Um, because, you know, there are very real systemic issues that have been perpetuated. And it's a cycle. It just keeps getting perpetuated generation to generation. And it really does take um, people who are within that community to step up and to lead and uh, to come up with real solutions to break that cycle. Yeah, speaking of leading and and guts, I think one of the moments, uh, the better moments from Vivek Ramaswamy last night were his comments when it comes to parental rights in regarding informing parents about children being transgender. Let me play that clip real quick and we'll talk about that. Over 10.7 million students in over 18,000 public schools nationwide have the ability to change their identity without parental notification. Governor Christie told Stewart last week that he would pass a federal law to protect parental rights. Would you try to do the same? I have to be very clear about this. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. We have to acknowledge the truth of that for what it is. I met two young women early in this campaign. On parental rights in school. Parents have the right to know. And you know what the hypocrisy of this is? Even New Hampshire failed to actually get past a piece of legislation here. The very people who say that this increases the risk of suicide are also the ones saying that parents don't have the right to know about that increased risk of suicide. And I'm sorry, it is not compassionate to affirm a kid's confusion. That is not compassion, that is cruelty. I met two young women, Chloe and Katie, early in this campaign, who are in their 20s, now regret getting double mastectomies and a hysterectomy. One of them will never have children. And the fact that we allowed that to happen in this this country is barbaric. So I will ban genital mutilation or chemical castration okay, okay, under the age of 18. And parents in, in, have absolutely the right. Would you try right. to pass a federal law that says parents, parents should have that right? We are going to require yes. states absolutely okay. have to then follow that through. We stand for parental rights. Yes. There you go. Would he uh, be in favor of a law that prevented the genital mutilation of children and also that the parents would be allowed to be notified? This is a big issue. I mean, it, it, when you see laws being passed around the country that turns you know states into sanctuary states where parents like li children can literally flee flee or like the mother of a child without the consent of the father can take a child to a state and flee to that state and then transition that child without parental consent or even notification necessarily i mean that's got to stop don't you agree Oh, totally agree. And when that came out about California, like my first response was like, at what point do states like Missouri become sanctuary states for parents in that situation to flee to with their child to protect them, um, you know, from from a spouse who's, you know, determined to inflict that permanent damage on that child? So I just like I cannot fathom being a parent in that position. And I think this I think this also goes to show, you know, how important. And I know they talked about this a little bit last night, probably not enough, 
But this goes to show like how important it is that we keep making forward progress on um, education reform and getting that because I believe that's a parents' rights issue because so much of this is happening in the schools and teachers are subverting parental authority when it comes to these issues. And that has to stop. And I know that people are like, oh, well, if you really want to pull your kids out, you can. You'll find a way. Well, that's really easy to say. But we have, you know, the reality is, is our education system is a socialist system. And we have been in this for a long time. And you're not just going to undo it. You're not going to unring the bell just like that. And when people, when this is what the, the structure that people's lives are based around, and that's all you know, it just doesn't happen like that. So we need to make avenues uh, for people to be able to walk away from that. Um, so important. Because uh, I, I mean, like I've said this many times now, but not only do I believe that this is, you know, a parents' rights issue, uh, I also think that education of our children is really the the last stand for liberty in this country. Because with every generation, like if we do not get them um, out, uh, give them avenues out of there, they're just going to continue to. This is going to be what they hear, and we have to allow parents to choose better options for them. That was something that, you know, um, so I, you mentioned I hosted a debate watch party last night. And one of the things that we did is in the hour ahead of the debate, I had several of our statewide um, candidates for Missouri as well as some local ones come in. And, you know, we talked about that. And then we had a legislator panel on, you know, what is the future of education reform in Missouri? And, you know, there are so many people that want to see this. But we really are fighting. Um, this is like it's the administrative state, right? It's the bureaucracy. Like this is the administrative state for states. You know, you're you're fighting the teachers' unions, and you know you're fighting that that system that's in place, that bureaucracy that just the natural impulse is to want to feed itself. So it's wanna, never going. I want to hear you um, um, talk a little bit more about the education system here in just a moment, but I do also want to reset really quickly for those who might just be tuning in to the 2,000 people watching us live. Good morning. We're glad and grateful to have you here. We're not used to having this many people on the show, still getting used to it, and we're glad to have you. Make awesome. sure that you cl yeah, click like and subscribe to the channel. Today is the highest rated in terms of live viewership Wake Up America show ever. So thank you to you, the audience members, if you enjoy this content. Click like and subscribe to the channel so you can come back and join us again tomorrow morning for Freedom Family Friday. I'm speaking to Camelia Peterson. She's an activist with Americans for Prosperity here in the state of Missouri as well. I just saw somebody over on the Rumble chat said good morning from the boot heel. So we got a lot of good Republicans in hey. from Missouri today. Glad to have you here, all of our Missourians. And of course, it is a national show. So we are waking up America. People all over the country are tuning in and we'll also have Daniela Pensack joining us here at 8.30 this morning from the West Coast, where it's two hours even earlier, and we're going to hear about her <clears throat> forcible conversion to Catholicism, uh, as well as her debate uh, reaction as well at 8.30. So stick around for Daniela Pensack. She'll be joining us at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. And of course, I'm your host, Austin Peterson. I hope to see you again tomorrow morning. Education and school choice. So one of the lengthier segments last night, Camelia, saw them talking about how to change the education system, right? Um, you know, the fact that kids are having uh, problems being able to read and they're graduating without being able to read. Um, you know, this one uh, candidate said, Nikki Haley, she says, we've got to quit spending time on this DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and CRT 
and instead focus on financial literacy, on digital literacy, and are making sure our kids know what they need to do to have the jobs of the next generation. I listen, I have I agree with her that we need to have literacy and we need to have uh, financial literacy and all this kind of stuff. But two things can be true at once. We can walk and sure. chew gum at the same time. I yes. mean, I, we can fight CRT and DEI and still make sure that kids can learn, right? I think so. And I think that this is where we see this all or nothing approach. We've seen that here in Missouri as well as like, oh, well, you either just have to fix the public schools or you just have to do, you know, private education money follows the child. And I think the answer is really that you have to do all of the things, you know, we need to let money follow the child so that parents can choose the best education for their kids. Um, we need to address the public school system um, because, you know, that's not going away. If we're facing realities, I know that most libertarians are like, oh, we're just going to get rid of public schools. And OK, I, that's maybe that's the utopian ideal, but it's not going to happen in my lifetime even. And so we need to find ways to make those schools better for kids as well. And we also need to make sure that we're protecting homeschoolers. So we've got to get we've got to get government tentacles out of things. And when we talk about that bureaucracy, that is so much of what is um, teachers hands are tied in so many ways in public schools, government schools. And so, you know, this, you know, the idea of allowing people the option to walk away as a free market approach to education, that doesn't just help parents and students, that helps teachers because how many teachers are in the government schools who are talented, skilled teachers, and they're not making any more than these teachers who are feeding your kids this, these lies and this propaganda and we're just, you know, we're we're hurting the teachers who are actually doing a good job with your kids. And we, you know, this will open up education freedom would open up more choices for those educators as well. But you, you know, you're right. We do still need to keep pursuing um, getting rid of like C CRT, DIE, all those kinds of things. But the reality is, it's like playing whack-a-mole. As long as we have that bureaucracy in place, they'll bring it back and call it something else. We still need those people that are out there watching it and beating that drum and not letting it die. I mean, that's important. But I think that the real path forward on that and what's really going to make a difference is when that school system starts to feel the hurt by losing money from parents walking away because there's no, they have no incentive otherwise to make any kind of changes. There's no competition. There's nothing that's going to push them to be better, except for, you know, people say, oh, well, let's throw more money at them because that's going to do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I love I it. Uh, so. Camelia, uh, I'd like to finish our discussion with the elephant who was not in the room last night. <laughs> uh, personally, I have begun to the process of acceptance that <laughs> Donald Trump is the likely nominee for the Republican presidential candidate. Yes, we still have time. There will be uh, primaries. And but I think that likely the polls will probably bear out. And we're looking at a Donald Trump versus Joe Biden um, uh, rematch. And I know a lot of people, especially the American people at writ large, are upset about that. However, personally, I see a lot of positive things about Donald Trump, uh, a possible Donald Trump second term. I know that people are freaking out about the possible constitutional crisis of the president. Can he pardon himself? Well, you know, if he gets convicted of a state level crime and is sentenced to jail, well, what will the Supreme Court do? But honestly, 
we probably need to figure out some of these questions that hang in the air about whether or not a president can pardon himself. One, will that be tolerated? Two, whether or not a president who's convicted of a state level crime and, and you know, sentenced to jail, whether or not they have to go to jail or whether they have to govern from jail or whether that has to be put off. The Supreme Court probably needs to get those things sorted out. So, I mean, are you afraid of the chaos that's coming from a possible reelection of Donald Trump or are you like me? And are you embracing the chaos and the darkness, evil laugh? Um, <laughs> it would be my inner collapsitarian coming out. But are you saying that, you know, we won't know for sure if it works until we try it? Because I really don't want to try all That's of That's the only things. way. That's the only way. The, the Supreme <laughs> oh, Court's never going to rule on something like that unless it becomes an actual filed legal court case. And, of course, the, the left would sure. challenge it. I mean, you know, what's don't bad, you though, miss about $1.50 gas? Don't you miss sure. when your mutual funds and your 401ks and your Roth IRAs weren't collapsing and the stock market wasn't collapsing? Don't you miss not having a president who's bumbling and stumbling and fumbling and a total moron? Wouldn't you like the Ukraine war to end? Of course. Do I think, though, that I mean, do I think that Donald Trump is the only one who could do that? Do I think that Donald Trump was the only one who could do what he did while he was in office? Absolutely not. Uh, see, I, I mean, disagree. No, I, I, I honestly think that, that that Trump is. Oh, you did get that little face there with me on. The, that, yeah. <laughs> You really think that anybody else could have prevented Ukraine uh, and Russia from going to war and such as that one? I don't think so. I think Trump is probably the only one who could have strong-armed Putin into not invading. So that, I mean, I don't know that I disagree on that, but I think when you're talking about the economy, um, I think that you know most of the Republicans that were running in that primary in 15-16 um, would have been able to carry out the things that resulted in those, you know, the good economic conditions that we saw. I think that any other Republican candidate, for the most part, um, right now could do those things because anything is better, first of all, by this point. But the thing is, is that Trump is, um, I think that it is the, the constant drama and chaos is really what is damaging because it locks us into this cycle. And we have got to break out of this just perpetual cycle of chaos and drama. And it, it's not good for us. It's hard to make forward progress. and. Let's say he wins. Let's say that, you know, he wins over Gavin Newsom or whoever it's going to end up being, really. Uh, <laughs> but let's say he does actually win. Do you think that they're going to let him get anything done? Do you think he's going to be effective while he's in there? I mean, like, is all of this just going to all of a sudden quit? I don't think so. And I'll tell you part of what, so something came up last night that is that is a large part of what concerns me about um, his base supporters is that there was a, a man there last night and we were just kind of talking about the, the presidential primary and he you know, made the offhand comment that, well, if Trump doesn't win, he didn't think there was going to be an election, wink, wink. Okay. No, see, I, so, see very, I see Trump very much as I, as I think back on my Bible verses as, uh, as in Judges 16.29, then Samson reached towards the central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the deep state. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the deep state and all the people in it. Camelia Peterson, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Well, I just let, let's hope it doesn't get uh, to the point where we need another flood or something like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Camellia Peterson. Close. <laughs> uh, Camille, follow Rare Camellia on Twitter at Rare Camellia on Twitter. Anything else, real quick, Camellia, before we want to go? No, I'm just very much, by the way, looking forward to Daniela's segment because I'm here to tell you her uh, theology trolling lately has just been God tier and it's been a, a joy to watch. <laughs> God tier theology trolling on that biblical note. Uh, as we compare Donald Trump to Samson from the Bible, just don't cut his beautiful hair. Um, <laughs> this is why 2,000, 3,000 people watch this show now. This is damn good stuff. We'll see you next Tuesday, CJ. Thanks for your time. Have a great day, everyone. What a great day. That's Camelia Peterson. What do you think of CJ? All right. Well, yes, as she said, Daniela Pensack has had a forcible conversion to Catholicism. That's right. After an online bullying campaign, she announced that she was finally giving in to all of her haters. She will convert to Catholicism. We'll talk to her about that as well as her reactions to the debate when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Click like and subscribe. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. How are you feeling today? I'm glad you're in such a mood. I'm, I'm in a great mood as well. Today has now become the highest rated by live viewers show in Wake Up America show history. We had 3,200 viewers a little bit earlier today. Thank you so much to Rumble for featuring us up top. They still got us near the top and we're grateful and glad for that because we've got 1,400 people watching us live right now. And quite frankly, that's more than we had about a month ago. So we're glad to have you all here. Make sure that you click like and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content that you're watching. If you just saw that awesome commercial for AP4LibertyShop.com, you saw that we got the best endorsement of all. Barack Obama said, do not visit AP4LibertyShop.com. Don't do it. Do not visit, he says. Well, he says, if you love democracy, you'll never visit AP4LibertyShop.com. Any democracy haters out there? <laughs> Check out AP4LibertyShop.com. You can get awesome shirts like my new Michael Myers. You can see here, No Lives Matter shirt. There you go. Instead of the Black Lives Matter shirts, get yourself a No Lives Matter shirt for Halloween. We got lots of great liberty-related Halloween merchandise over at AP4LibertyShop.com. When you see that pop-up that drops into the screen when you visit the, the page, don't just close that automatically because you get a 15% discount on your first order at AP4LibertyShop.com. So if you want to get the Mike Myers No Lives Matter shirt, you get that 15% discount just by entering your email in in that pop-up. So, but if you don't want it, I understand. People don't like pop-ups, but hey, 15% off that shirt. It's a great deal. Get it at AP4LibertyShop.com. All right. Well, after a lengthy online bullying campaign, my next guest, she's a regular here at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, my next guest announced that she has converted from Calvinistic theology, from uh, Calvinistic uh, Christianity, she has now become an Orthodox traditional Catholic after the result of this online bullying campaign. Joining us now, Daniela Pensac. Good morning, Daniela. Um, Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Good morning, Austin. Yeah, like, like Austin was saying, everyone, I had a few days ago, I made a series of posts about uh, theology. I did some theology trolling. Um, I did... So originally what happened is I made a post about Calvinism because I, I was or I am a Calvinist, um, but I wanted to uh, incite some uh, intellectual discourse and theological discourse, but instead what I had received was a lot of trad cats or Catholics, they got really upset at me, and they uh, basically tried to bully me into conversion. So you know what? Uh, I did convert for a day. I did become a Catholic. 
I mean, I even got the, the catechism and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm serious about it. And uh, I posted about that. But instead of, for some reason, instead of embracing it, I, I just got even more negative reactions from the Catholic community. So I, I did have to become a Protestant later on after that. But um, just out of commemoration, I did, I am wearing the veil today out of respect. Okay, well, now I wonder why you might have gotten a little bit of rage, of Catholic rage. And I'm just, give me just one second here, Daniela. I'm going to pull up for our audience. I'm going to pull up the uh, the picture that we have that's, uh, I'm pulling this up, Twitter weirdness. So here we have the first picture where you're sitting on top of a book, and I, it says uh, systematic theology here with a picture, it looks like John Calvin down in the bottom left-hand corner as a frog. And we have a very, well, risque picture, if we will, at least by your standards, because, you know, you are the perpetual turtleneck wearer. So this is, by Daniela's standards, like a bit risque. And then, of course, we have the picture of the next one, when you had fully converted to Catholicism. I mean, these are quite obviously thirst traps, if you will, Daniela. You know, Austin, unfortunately, that's what you have to do these days to even have anyone to read your post. What's interesting <laughs> is that, you know, people in this community, in these communities, they say that they're... Uh, that they're all for the trad wife meme. They don't like anything salacious. They ignore anything salacious. But for some reason, my third post, I didn't get that much traction where I am all covered up. Um, I am wearing all red. You can only see my face. That one didn't get that much attention for some reason. But it seems as though the pictures where I am a little bit salacious. Now, again, I don't think they're like that salacious, but it, it really irked a lot of people. For so. you, it is. For because you always have for the me, very yeah. you always have the very conservative turtleneck on the show and stuff like that. So it's not like it's not That's thirsty true. Thursdays with Daniela on the Wake Up America show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, that's true. But, you know, that's what it takes, unfortunately. And it kind of shows about what this community, what kind of people. I mean, that's just social media. That's the game, right? Um, but that's how the posts got attention. It's and true. that's pretty much what I was looking for. It's true. It's sad. I watched these uh, young, attractive girls whose social media followings will, I've been in this for 15 years, and their social media followings will explode because they post a thirst trap, a little bit of ankle, a little bit of elbow, a little bit of, of collarbone and things like that. I'm just like, God, why am I working so hard here? But anyways, Daniela, we appreciate your modesty and sincerity. And of course, it was a very funny uh, trolling campaign. But that's what you get when you wade, in, wade into the theological debate, which we're actually going to try and avoid here today. I'd rather hear your thoughts. Um, uh, if you could take off your Orthodox trad Catholic um, uh, veil for us today and reveal yourself uh, <laughs> to us and I am a your, Protestant, everyone. You are a Protestant. You you are a Protestant. Yes, that's how I was raised as well. Um, if you wouldn't mind, reveal to us though your thoughts on the Republican presidential debate last night. First of all, first of all, who do you think won? Oof. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard line between the man who didn't make it in Trump or Chris Christie's Donald Duck line. I don't know. It's really difficult to pick. Uh, on I know the popular the popular answer is saying that Trump won because he didn't he didn't come in. But I think that the dark horse of everything is Burgum. Uh, he didn't speak a lot, but when he did speak, I, I was fairly impressed. Um, and that seems to be the the trend I saw on social media. Everyone was kind of surprised, like, where did this guy come from? Um, and he did say pretty substantive things. OK, so that's honestly kind of shocking to me, the Doug Burgum dark horse on that one, Daniela. So. Most of the people said, yes, that Donald Trump won the debate by not showing. I happen to agree. I, I think he had the best line last night when he said that uh, uh, he was describing Joe Biden 
His quote was, Trump tells auto workers Biden only gets his hands dirty when he takes cash from foreign countries. That's the kind of quote that you hear from somebody who's legitimately running in a general election. It's almost as if the primary doesn't exist for him, does it? Um, that's probably, yeah, that's true. I mean, that is a good assessment. And uh, maybe that doesn't play into his favor very well. But uh, from what I did hear, I was pretty satisfied with the answers from what I remember. And what did you think of Ron DeSantis's performance? Okay, so that's a really good question. I, I do think he did better. In fact, I think everyone else, everyone in the debate stage brought their A-game this time because of what happened in the first debate. Uh, Vivek kind of dominated in the last debate, and I think everyone came in pretty aggressive and pretty strong and dogpiled on Vivek a little bit. Ron DeSantis, being one of them, I mean, he wasn't as aggressive or strong as the rest, in my opinion, but I did think he'd do a bit better. Um, what's unfortunate about DeSantis is that he his identity is very much tied to his relationship with the Trump campaign. Um, and that's really unfortunate because, you know, he should stand out as his own candidate. And I know he's trying to, but some of the questions they asked him was specific to his run against the Trump campaign. And I think that's unfortunate because he needs to be he, he needs to be his own guy. But uh, I think he did better in this debate than the last debate. But again, he he doesn't have the charisma like the rest of them, or at least some of them like the Beck, um, which is pretty unfortunate. And I don't know if it'll make him get him through the entire race. For sure. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Make sure that you click like and subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now. We'd be glad to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. It's a great way to start your day with economic freedom and personal liberty. I'm speaking to Daniela Pensack. She is a Turning Point USA field coordinator for their high school program. And I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Daniela, what did you think of Tim Scott? I was fairly impressed by uh, some of his responses when he could get a word in edgewise. Yeah, when you could get a word in edgewise. Again, like I said, uh, like the rest, he did bring his A-game. Uh, I don't know. I I know people like Tim Scott. I, 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 like he and like Nikki Haley, he kind of annoys me. I don't know if it's just like the tone of the demeanor. The first debate, he came off as like a, a, as, like, a preacher to me. Um, this time, I know he's trying to bring his A-game a little bit more. Uh, from what I recall, I was a little bit irritated. He just kept interjecting a little bit more than he should have. But, um, but all things considered, I mean, demeanor aside, uh, his, his policy stances, I think are fine. Um, they don't differ as much from the rest, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that everyone is trying to, I mean, because, you know, this is, this is a pretty big primary. And since the last debate, a lot of them, Tim Scott included, it just it's so lackluster and um i think people in the public are a little bit uh they're a little bit bored i didn't see that many people talk about this debate despite i think them really trying and because you know the the king's not up there trump's not up there it's not as entertaining unfortunately no it's not and but i mean he has no incentive to show up to these debates because when you saw how they were cutting each other off and the stupidity of the questions i mean could you blame him because Remember that point where they asked them who they would vote off the island like it was Survivor? Yeah. I mean, what the hell does that have to do with the with the country? It was kind of a joke, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that question was was a big joke. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more spicy for the viewers, because this is at the end of the day, like people aren't watching this because we're really concerned about policy and policy stances. People watch this because it's a clown show. You know, we like we like fights, we like entertainment. So that's what they're trying to do. Um, but I'm really impressed and I'm glad that everyone, uh, after Nikki Haley asked, is this serious? 
Um, but like they all took that opportunity to say, no, we're not answering this. Um, I think that was more opportunistic than it was to add a principle, but I'm still glad they didn't answer it because it was a kind of silly question. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you brought up Vivek Ramaswamy a couple of minutes ago. I mean, he did dominate the last debate and last night he was a little bit more humbled, but he still seems to be a pretty strong candidate. And he's the only one who doesn't seem to have alienated Donald, alienated Donald Trump and his supporters. One, do you think that's deliberate? And two, do you think that ends up with him as a VP nomination or some other cabinet pick? I think he is going for the cabinet pick. I think that Vivek is smart. He knows what he's doing. And um, he, look, he knows that the American public, they they like that Trump spirit. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what he's really going for. And I got to give it to him. He does a pretty good job at, at emulating it. Um, but I do think that it is opportunistic. He is trying to get a cabinet position. I don't know if he'll get picked as VP. I mean, if he does, that would be quite incredible, honestly. Um, but having both Trump and Vivek together, I think, I know, I know a lot of people like that that ticket i think personally that'll be a lot of chaos but maybe maybe it'll play out well i don't know we did have pence as a good in the last ticket and that didn't really work out as well so maybe vivek would have been a better choice but um for some reason i get the idea because they're both so similar i feel like both like that chaotic energy and two people would just be a little bit too much yeah i i i could see that but the thing is is that it seems as if vivek has the strongest grasp on policies Right, he's right about the transgender issue. He's right about DEI and CRT. I mean, I, I have had some people bring up, I, my buddy, um, Caleb Vanderfeltz was joking because we're here in Jefferson City. We've got a, a mutual friend of ours who was talking about Nikki Haley, you know, did a really good job in the last debate. But she really just doesn't seem to have her finger on the pulse of where the Republican Party is at at this moment. She was talking about how we need to stop focusing on DEI and CRT and just focus on literacy and stuff as if we can't do two things at once. I mean, are, I know that she's a woman. So I mean, on some level, you, it must be nice to have some representation, Daniela. But are you impressed by her at all? You're right. Uh, look, listen, she is. Um, she is more of a policy expert. And uh, she I, I can see where she's coming from. She is a professional in her field. But you're right. She doesn't have the pulse on the Republican Party or just conservatives in general. Um, I, and she's really trying and she really did try in the second debate, which, which is unfortunate to see because, like, look, she is well spoken. She is strong. She could have been a good candidate, but some of her policy stances are a little bit disturbing. I will admit um, she is a little bit of a war hawk, but uh, which she just misses the point. And but she is she is an expert in her field. So that's why she's coming off as. Uh, I, that's why I think she's a little bit unrelatable to people. Um, but I mean, clearly she's not going to get very far into this race, I don't think, uh, because of that. Just tuning into the Wake Up America show. Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and grateful to have the thousand people here with us joining us live right now. Don't forget, uh, out of you, if you could just click that like button and subscribe to the channel that you're watching on us on so you can join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. Our regular guest joining us right now, Daniela Pensack. She's on the West Coast, so she gets up way early for us in the morning. We always appreciate her. So why don't you show her some appreciation when you click like and subscribe and come back and join her for her regular spot every Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Just adjust for whichever time zone you might be in. She does that for us. She's two hours early, and we appreciate her input today. Uh, Daniela, uh, let's talk. Let's finish our conversation here 
by talking about the likely nominee, because all of this discussion, in my opinion, about the debate and about these other candidates is really talking about who's going to be, you know, come into second place. Unless some divine miracle occurs at this point, we see DeSantis supporters coping on Twitter.com every day. Uh, we see, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy supporters, they're very optimistic and positive, but Vivek Ramaswamy is not going to be the president of the United States. Neither is Doug Burgum, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, certainly not. So what really matters is what's going to happen if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination. With the fact that he's got 91 criminal charges against him, we're setting ourselves up for a real constitutional crisis if he is indicted and is judged guilty and then sentenced to, even if it's 30 to 60 to 90 days in jail, and he's supposed to serve that when he's president, we're setting ourselves up for a real crisis. Do you think Donald Trump can win or are we still facing the same problems that we faced from 2020? It doesn't seem like a lot has changed on the voter fraud front. At least there haven't been a lot of law changes from what we've seen. Do you think Donald Trump can win? And if he can win, what does that mean in regards to all of these problems that he's facing? Yeah, well, the the law surrounding him running and winning, it, this is a very much an unprecedented case. Uh, I don't think I've heard legal experts from uh, say different things, and I'm definitely not qualified to state what I think would exactly happen with that. If he does get the nominee, which he most likely will at this point, um, you know, I think if it's him and Biden again, I think he has a chance to win. Um, but it, it, you know, Trump is really the but at the end of the day, Trump is really the best person that the GOP has anyway. So and he's a he's the most mobilizing force that we have. So we kind of had no choice. And look, I'm not like the biggest Trump fan. I know I post about him and how I support him and all that because I do. I support the campaign and I think he's the best candidate we have thus far. But he's not my favorite person. You know, it, and, and, and at the end of the day, all elections is picking between two evils. So um, I think that's just a choice that's the most realistic for the GOP right now. But as far as how, what the law is concerned and how that applies, I really can't say it is quite unprecedented. Um, clearly, the system will do whatever it can to take him under. Uh, and I think that is that is a, a sign of something positive in Trump. However, if 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 people are coming at him all sides and trying to take him down, maybe that means that He's the right guy. It's actually a really good point. Daniela Pensack, Turning Point USA field coordinator for their high school program. Daniela, anything else you want to share or plug for our audience before we let you go? If you like my theological posts, as you've seen, follow me on Twitter. It's Pensack Daniela. That's my tag. Um, you, I'm going to post a lot more on there. I really want to focus on philosophy as well. So if you like high highbrow stuff, follow me on there. Um, also, official Daniela Pensack on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me on there as well. There you go, Daniela Pensack. We appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. And be careful, naughty, naughty, with those uh, religious thirst traps that get you in big trouble. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Thank you, Daniela. Have a good one. See you later. That's Daniela Pensack. Uh, did you like Daniela? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Last night, Bob Murphy, economist Bob Murphy, you know him, anarcho-capitalist uh, Bob Murphy, says that every time a Matt Gates clip pops up on his timeline, he thinks it's me. Take a look and a listen. You are your record. And our record in this country right now is $33 trillion in debt facing $2 trillion annual deficits. We're in so much debt. We're driving up deficits so fast. We are devaluing American money so rapidly that in America today, 
You can't even bribe Democrat senators with cash alone. You need to bring gold bars to get the job done, <laughs> just so that the bribes hold value. You are your record. And our record in this. <laughs> you got to bring gold bars in order to bribe Democrats these days. Is so far that we have, we have so far devalued our currency. What did you think about that? Very funny. If you're enjoying the show this morning, don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel with uh, the highest rated Wake Up America show in history today. I am feeling the. Feeling it, baby. Feeling the love. We're glad and grateful to have you here. I hope that I can earn your subscribe to this channel, rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. You can find me, AP for Liberty, on any of the social network platforms. So if you like using x.com, formerly twitter.com, follow me over there at AP, the number four, AP for Liberty. And of course, visit our online merchandise shop at AP for Liberty shop.com. We've got awesome shirts like these. Uh, let's see. Take a look at it. No Lives Matter shirt that you can get at ap4libertyshop.com. We've got a 15% off coupon. That's a 15% off your entire order there. So if you go to ap4libertyshop.com and you want to get a couple of t-shirts and a cell phone case or what have you, it's 15% off your entire first order there at ap4libertyshop.com. So when you see that pop-up come in with the bald eagle with a machine gun, don't close that pop-up because that's how you can get your 15% off coupon at ap4libertyshop.com. All right, well, I did promise you yesterday that I was going to tell you what what state, which state was ranked as the pettiest state in the entire nation. And the first answer that most people said was New York, that New York was the pettiest state. Not prettiest state, but pettiest state, right? So most people thought that it was the state of New York, right? If you've ever lived in New York or if you've ever visited New York City, you cut somebody off in traffic, right? You're going to get their wrath, right? Forget about it, right? But it's not really the pettiest state of all 50 states. Apparently, Gotham is not ranked the highest when it comes to pettiness, right? The pettiness study, a September 2023 study found that New York actually ranked in the top five least petty states across the United States. The lead researcher, Anna Osborne, she conducted the probe on behalf of Canadian betting site Casino.ca, says for a city that never sleeps, New Yorkers are surprisingly laid back. Our nationwide survey reveals that petty antics just aren't their style. That's actually true. I've lived in New York City and I've driven there and I had a car in New York for a short time. And I have to say, out of all the drivers across the entire country, I think New York City drivers are actually some of the best drivers because they have to deal with absolute insanity. And once you just learn the rules of driving in New York City, which is just be 100% aggressive driving the entire time, then you're fine. You learn the rules, you're fine. Washington, D.C. is one of the worst places in the country because it's an international city. So everybody from around the world is driving there, like ambassadors and diplomats and crap and from Holland and you know, they are all just, you know, driving like mad. So everybody has different rules they play by. But here's the thing. When it comes to pettiness, the heart of Dixie, apparently, is lacking heart. Alabama reigned supreme as the state with the highest levels of pettiness. According to the survey, revealed that 96% of respondents from there copped to being plagued with a propensity towards getting payback. Nevada, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, Illinois, and Arkansas filled out the other top slots on the maliciousness test, right? So 
Um, although not a state, District of Columbia is considered to be the least petty era area in the United States. I don't know if I believe that. 67% of respondents confessed to embracing this caustic characteristic. Vermont hit the lower end of the scale there with 68% admitting to pettiness, followed by Nebraska and Utah, 71%, and then New York, 72%. They polled over 3,000 Americans over age 18, prompting them to rate their pettiness on a scale of 1 to 10. There we go. I saw somebody just bought a No Lives Matter shirt. Thank you very much. We appreciate your support. Get your No Lives Matter shirt at apforlibertyshop.com. I'm not so petty than to... Uh, not say thank you very much and appreciate you. Uh, 93%, the pettiest states in the United States, Missouri is at 93%. There we go. Um, Alabama was number one, 96% petty. Apparently, we're very petty here in the state of Missouri, 93%. Texas is a little bit more petty, 94%. And California, 93%. So California and Missouri, same amount of pettiness. Uh, I don't know. I don't How believe dare it. dare you? Yeah, uh, if you're very, although I do have a lot of exes, that I would say they're very vindictive, and there's some of them from Missouri, and they are quite petty. Yes, um, yeah, terrible. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning into the Wake Up America show today. Again, highest rated show ever. So excited. Thank you. We appreciate you. Tomorrow is going to be an even better show because it's Freedom Family Friday. My smoking hot, redheaded libertarian, thirst trap wife will be joining us, Stephanie Peterson. And special guest from the Freedom Family, Justin Peterson. My brother will be joining us on the show as well. So it's Peterson, Peterson, Peterson. It's going to be a great show. Monday through Friday, the Wake Up America show streams live 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. It's a great way to start your day while you're getting ready for school, getting your kids ready for school, getting ready for your day. You stay informed. I've always got the best clips of what's happening in the world. I've always got the best content of what's going on in the news. And I've always got the best guests. And of course, the best host, myself, AP. Follow me over on Twitter.com at AP for Liberty or Facebook if you still use that old platform at AP for Liberty as well. But before you go, do us a favor, click like right here on this stream and subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now so you get updates whenever you go live. Help to support the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. And of course, visit APforLibertyShop.com. You can get a cup of our delicious founding flavors coffee, our premium coffee for coffee lovers. For those who are tired of sending, sending your money to woke corporations that hate you, spend your money for, with uh, people who will use that to support our American dream, our loving Peterson family, as well as to fight for more economic freedom and personal liberty. That's what we're all about. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.